is a dangerous time. You will be tempted by the dark side. I'm looking for a great warrior. Is the dark side stronger? There will be a substantial reward for the one who finds the Millennium Falcon. Keep your eyes open, huh? The rebels are alerted to our presence. Prepare your troops for a surface attack. I won't fail you. I'm not afraid. You will be. You. Entertainment. I told you already, I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. Yes. <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Impressive. Most impressive. You are on the Sith list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 199 of The Sith List. Our road to 200 is so, so close. My co-pilots for this evening, the young, the restless, the bearded one. He seems really happy tonight. More happy than usual. I wonder why. Mr. Carlos. Boo Arguello. The man we call Crunch Crunch Hazelnuts. And I don't know, he had a big butt last week, I think, we talked about for about 10 seconds. Mr. Sure. Lesses. Likes big butts. I mean, <laughs> oh, can't lie. He cannot lie. <laughs> I man, tried. I tried, Joe. Yeah, he did. <laughs> the man we call the king of all pods, the ruler of the land. He reigns his misery down on me the last couple of weeks. The king of pain, Mr. Tom Chansky. How you doing, man? I- I'm only happy when Araj makes it rain. Ooh, garbage reference. Nice. Nice. Well done. The man we call El Hombre. The man who was beat. You might say he was incomplete. He'd been had. He was sad and blue, but he made me feel. Well, yeah, he made me feel shiny and new. Mr. Eric. You know what I thought about while you were giving that spiel? By the way, Eric is awesome. Strathers is my name. But uh, I was thinking about, remember how Dweezil Zappa would always have his like trendy guitar of the week that Uh he was playing whenever he would BJ and he had the Madonna Mm -hmm. guitar. 
Man, that thing was epic. I wonder if he still awesome. has it. Right. Tonight, we have a very special podcast because we're bringing in two of our favorite people, favorite podcasters, and great friends to the Sith list and to each one of us individually, I might say. And some of us in this room have a, a better relationship than just friends. Me and Eric, right? right? You and Eric. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. From the wonderful Canto by Dispatch, please welcome back to the Sith Lair, Miss Downtown Brittany Brown and Emily Lindo Lynn. How are you both doing? Not too Hello. shabby. I'm, I'm very hey. excited to be on 199. We're almost good enough to be on 200. It's pretty You flattering. almost made it. You almost made the cut, girls. You almost <laughs> did it. <laughs> yeah, for Evan. Fresh was 196. He called us out on it. He's like, I know what you're doing, fuckers. <laughs> No, the, you know, we, our 200 is going to be a lot of fun. We had that booked a long, long time ago, but I so appreciate you guys coming on. How is everything on the Canto Bite going? It's just going okay, I guess. Right, Brittany? I think so. It's going yeah, good. I'm confident. The confidence yeah, is, confidence is, 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 is we, oozing out. We had to do quite a bit of editing on our last episode, but it, it's, it's going to be released in some format. Editing because of technical difficulties or editing because of content difficulties? Uh, no, Brittany was not entirely com- um, comfortable with some of the content. So <laughs> Okay, gotcha. I hear you. That's happened on the Sith list multiple, multiple times. Probably should have happened a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what Canto by Dispatch is or what the podcast is, you're missing out because it's a wonderful Star Wars podcast with these two wonderful women. You guys should definitely check it out. We're going to have all the information on the show notes, but just let people know real quick. Uh, a little gist of what they can hear on Canto Bite and where they can find you and all that great stuff. Oh, you know, we're on all the normal podcast places and we're also on Twitter and Instagram at Canto Bite Pod and we're a very casual Star Wars podcast, I think would be the way to say it. Very cash. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, that's if Twitter's still around, you know, with <laughs> things going on. Mm-hmm. Who, who knows? Yeah, definitely check them out. It, it is a lot of fun. It's great times. Well, check them out. It's a great podcast, like I said. How's everybody else doing? Eric, how are you doing, man? Buddy, I'm fantastic and awesome and great. And that didn't sound sarcastic. Here's the thing, man. I'm trying to be <laughs> positive. And uh, I don't know. Everything's gone. The whole world's gone off the rails. And I don't want to spend the whole time dwelling on it. Right. So. I know. It's, it's just awful, man. I'm on the same track. I know. We were just right before this podcast. We were watching, the- watching the news. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, oh, let's just go have fun for a little bit. I don't want to de- derail the conversation, but let me just give you a small example. First of all, I'm disappointed in humanity right now. Yeah. And I think, mm-hmm. I think that's a legitimate way for people to feel. And mm-hmm. if, if you can't find yourself somewhere in there feeling that way, then I don't know, maybe take a deeper look. But that's right. So I saw a whole thing going around. <laughs> Man, I'm getting away. You damn kids, no. get out of my yard. <laughs> but somebody's there's they're talking about how consider the possibility that this whole George Lloyd thing was done. It was all scripted because blah blah blah. Oh, Exhibit A. God. This police department vehicle's license plate says police on it. That can't possibly be real. Blah blah blah. If only I had some way to fact check that right. Oh wait, there's the internet. Five seconds later, well, it looks like, oh, the Minneapolis Police Department has that on their license plate. And it's like, you'd rather believe some crazy conspiracy bullshit than face the fact that people suck. You want to admit that people suck. Sorry, let's not talk about that. No, no, you preach it. Yeah, go ahead. Dude, I am Call it off from the pulpit, please. I am so, why people are so willing to believe 
these crazy over the top things when the truth is staring them in the face. And honestly, the stuff they're trying to convince themselves up of is worse than the stuff they're trying to stop themselves from believing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I had some dipshit give me the eye for wearing a mask out in public. You know what, man? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's right. I, I just I'm so fed up with people right now. But that that whole thing with having anything to say about the murder, the straight up murder of George Lloyd is unacceptable, you know? And yeah. um, here, here's just a small thing too, man. I texted Emily about this today, I think. The, uh, I, I just randomly thought of something. I put, err on the side of kindness. It just mm-hmm. occurred to me. I'm like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I blast that out there. It was less than 10 minutes. Somebody replies on it on Facebook to explain to me why I'm wrong about that. Oh, my God. It's like, are you, are you serious right now? <laughs> yeah, it's rough. I was eating. I was feeding Malik today. Yeah, I hope you weren't eating him. I wasn't eating him. No, I was feeding him. <laughs> Man, but, like, um, this just got dark. Yeah, yeah wow. Jesus. Where's the I've child? Had, I had enough. I just started eating my baby. Where's the child? <laughs> no, yeah. Court, I, uh, quarantine really getting in? <laughs> right, right. I ate my kid. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had seen that in the background. You know, he can't even see it, but I'm listening to it. And I looked at him. I was like, I am sorry that you're alive during this time. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy feeling, you're man. alive. I, I, I'm, obviously, I'm ecstatic. He's the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life, but... I'm sorry then the fact that this is the year that you have to grow up. And I remember 2020 as, you know, thank God he's here. But I, my memories of all this, maybe in 10 years, can be wiped off. But it is just not a good time out there. Just like Eric said, it's just, it's just awful. It's just, oh, it sucks. I think I'm done. I'm not even gonna do it. Dude, that's something I asked my wife today. Because I was like really letting it beat me up. And I realized this isn't about, about poor me. But I said, how do I explain to our kids that people... Mm-hmm. Are crap yeah. without just doing it there that's how you do it <laughs> yeah people are just assholes and they're just bad and evil and i mean speaking well, of assholes eric yeah. definitely yeah. didn't text me earlier so i wonder who he's cheating <laughs> with. did i not text that to, to, to complain about the person saying that it was the, it was the other emily yeah. the other, oh, let's go no. Jeez, who was it then oh, man me there's just so many yeah well, all this is going on. I sent Eric a picture of a new shirt I made. I'm like, what do you think about this? <laughs> so was, I'm just distracting myself with making up Sithlet shirts and shit. You have to. You just can't. Oh. It's anxiety inducing. It is yeah. ulcer inducing. It is it ulcer is inducing. anger inducing. I can't punch the bag we have at work as I just, I'm running out of energy trying to punch the shit out of that thing before I start beating the shit out of random people that are stupid. And I hate that I'm going in that direction, but it, it sucks out there right now. I cannot believe that this is where we go to sleep and wake up every day. And it doesn't look good. But here we are. Sorry. Here we are, everyone. Here we are. Let's go forth and, and luckily, have some fun. We have the opportunity <laughs> to put that aside for a couple hours and try to be happy and try to bring some happiness to people out there who... Uh, Let's Maybe go straight to trailer it. trash and like it, just get everybody laughing. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't eat your children. Yeah, yeah I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, man. I don't mean to be the... No, it's okay. It's not like people that listen to us aren't seeing this and listening right, to this exactly. every single day. I know you guys want the pop culture, Week and Geek and Star Wars and all that, but there's other shit that's going on in the world that affects people. So, no, that's completely fine, Eric. King Tom, how you doing, my man? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. The kid's are done with school and I've had a few conversations kind of related to everything you guys are talking about with people who were influences on my life when I was younger and now we're on the opposite sides on a lot of these things going on mm. and it's just disappointing. Yeah, that's rough. You know, yeah, that's so, the roughest part. 
it's like I just try to be a good person. I try not to be a dick. I try, as Eric says, to err on the side of kindness. And, you know, I, I am who I am and I try to raise my kids, work with, you know, live with my wife a certain way, regardless of wherever it was I came from. There you so, go. And then I hope you take that, those words about kindness and, and make sure that this podcast and you put it towards me. Thank you. No, no. no that's <laughs> kindness. I, I err on the side of kindness to our listeners. So, Bill, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Yeah? I'm doing good. Are you excited that Britney's on? Always. Always. Yes. You're ex- always excited to be on the synthesizer. You're always excited that, Brit- that Britney's on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm excited to talk to Emily. It's been, it's been a little bit. I think the last time we talked was there was like a, they, they, that group Zoom meeting that we oh, had yeah. With, oh, yeah. with everybody. That was, fun. That was yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> that amalgamation of people. Which you know, is like, wait a minute. I, I hope Uh-oh. it's okay, Brittany. Can I explain how you guys first communicated? <laughs> how you, Boo figured out. Please. Boo figured out. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> I just want to make sure. We were in New York, Lorena and I, and we always go see Emily and Johnny and Mike Pappas and Condor and all the great, and Fernando and all the great people in that side of the town, New York City, and all that great stuff. But Emily came up to Lorena and I and said, hey, you know that uh, that Brittany kind of likes Boo? And I said, well, first of all, I wasn't surprised because I said in our podcast, she kind of hinted that, and but Boo didn't get it. I'm dense. I'm very, <laughs> very, very dense. dense. Very dense. But Emily's like, yeah, she likes him and likes him a lot. You need to talk to him. So I was a little hammered. So I called him instantly. A, a little, huh? <laughs> and I threw the phone to Emily. And I threw the phone to Johnny. And I threw the phone to Mike. Mike's like, what the fuck are you doing? It was a carousel. Yeah, it, it was, was a, a carousel. carousel. Fernando got we in on it. all wasted. All yeah. wasted. Yeah. And we're all just bagging on booze. Yeah. And don't be an idiot. You need to call her right now or text her or DM her right now. And he's like, really? She likes me? I don't know. What I I particularly remember is when I first got the phone from you, I go, Boo, what's going on? And he's like, oh, I'm doing okay. I'm blah, blah, blah. Like, no, 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 not. No. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no clue. Yeah, no clue. Oh, my God. The, well, the best part about this is that I knew when this happened and it still took him like a week or two to talk to me. <laughs> well, no. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because because Johnny Johnny threatened me ish <laughs> that he said I'll put this shit on 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 Twitter unless you do something in two weeks. I was like, all right, I'll- Johnny, you're bound. So you waited thirteen yes, exactly. days. Exactly. Well, wait a minute, easy there, killer. So I had to. It, it took me a week to formulate what we were gonna do. <laughs> put that all down on you. Figure out reservations, and then and then that next week, I or on that Sunday, that that following Sunday, I sent you a DM and I asked you, yeah. But you know what, Brittany? I will give him credit. He took a while to figure all that out. But he was planning it out perfect. He was getting advice. He, he didn't want to screw it up. It was very, very important to him. So, oh, I, oh, and obviously it worked, right? Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> By the end of this podcast, I hope it still works. <laughs> well, there's your story of true love. Let's get into it. You know what? I have a new shenanigan. You guys ready? Yeah. New shenanigans. I haven't done it in a couple of weeks. Check us out on the SithList.net where you can listen to the entire SithList catalog. Yes, even B-Sides. Also, it's where you can buy Sithless gear, look at some videos and photos, and visit our Pod It Forward page, where we list some of our favorite podcasts like Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, The Bad Motivators, The Canto Bite Dispatch. I just put you guys' logo and link on there uh, without even asking you. I apologize, but you're one of our favorites. Just click on their logo and you go straight to a fuzzy place where you can listen and be transported to a podcast far, far away. Fuzzy place, huh? Yeah. So check that out. I actually have that link and it works. So go to Sithless.net and check that out. Also... Uh, we have a couple more shirts that are going to be coming out. And I wanted to give a big 
thank you to a bad motivator, and that's Luke Cruiser. I, I don't know if you guys, I know, sorry, Eric, I know, I know this is bad. And Tom, I know you don't want me to thank Luke Cruiser. I know he's thinking, still God, he's not happy about this. But Luke actually did our logo, the logo that we use. And he never wanted to really put it out there because he's a humble dude. You know, obviously Eric knows. I'm putting it out there now because I don't care because he's helping me with another thing that, another logo that we're doing. So thank you, Luke. And I appreciate that. And we all appreciate that because that's the logo that we use everywhere. So Luke Cruiser, really appreciate you. And then now let's get into the box office. Even though there's not really a box office, there is a video on demand and streaming top 10. Well, I'll give you the top three. Boo, what do you think it is without looking at the, You just like well, Of course, little, yeah. Well, yeah, look. the monitor's right there. Scoob is number one, selling at $19.99 to $24.99 to buy, by the way. But it's number one. Trolls World Tour is number two. This is on Amazon Prime. Bloodshot's number three. What do you... Interesting number four, though, on Amazon Prime. The Hurt Locker. Hmm. Fantastic movie, but... Interesting that it's four now. And then on Fandango now, Scoob's number one, Troll World Tour, and then Invisible Man, number three. And these prices are really crazy. $19.99 for Scoob and Trolls World Tour. Invisible Man's 15 bucks. People are spending money. And, uh, you know, kids are still home. So I guess it's a good deal. It's either that or eat them. Yeah. You know, anybody else see anything this weekend or week? Anything? I finished, I did. I finished Dead to Me season two, and it was fantastic. Like season one, even better than season one. If you guys don't know what Dead to Me is, it's Christina Applegate and the guy that was in the notebook, the really handsome guy. Not the guy. Raj not, um, shall he? No, not me. No, no, <laughs> no, I was not in there. But uh, not, not, what's, not Ryan Gosling. Not him, who's also a very handsome guy. The other guy. That, the guy that she was engaged to. Mar- Martinson. Martinson? Martinson? He was an X-Men, wasn't he? In the original X-Men? Was he Cyclone? Oh, Scott's, no. Cyclops. James Marsden. James, James Marsden. James Marsden. Which, which X Men is? Mean, which X Men is Cyclone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cyclops. 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 Uh, John Teddy Marsden. from Westworld. He's Teddy from Westworld. Teddy from Westworld. Yes, Teddy from Westworld. Yeah. He's in it, and the girl from and she's a great, great actress. She's from Bloodline. She's a sister in Bloodline. Emily, you saw Bloodline, right? Yeah. Oh, she's a Velma in Scooby Doo. She's Velma in Scooby Doo. She's a fantastic actress. She's in it. Dead to me. Season one, season two, really, really well done and really well written. If you have a chance, check it out. And I know, Emily, you started Ozark, correct? Oh, yay. I, no, not yay. I got three episodes oh. and I was out. Oh, you were done. It's a slow burn. You didn't like it? It's a slow burn, I know. I, it's not like, I. it's just unpleasant. Very. It, it is unpleasant. Yeah. It is unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I don't a mind show. if there's a character, like, I just need like one character who I like. And I don't like any of those characters. The actors oh, but you are gotta, all great. You got you to oh, stick with it because you're going to really like Ruth. She's the best. You're going to like Ruth. Is that I, know, the, I know that, is that the everybody's kid? so is that miserable the, right now. Is that now. the girl? She, yeah, was on the the Amer- girl. she was on the Americans and I like her. But Yes, yes, yes. yes. But I'm like, I don't know. Like, Do I just need to watch something else that's going to make me friggin' miserable? Mm. Yeah, but Breaking Bad was pretty miserable mm. at times. Yeah, I don't know Most if I'd want to watch Breaking Bad right now. Yo, know, I mean, right now, I get it. I get it. We'll save it. Put it in the bank and save it. But that, to me, you should watch because it's, miser- sounds, it's sounds, miserable. Sounds real positive. But it's funny and it's sarcastic. And I think, Emily, you'll really love that kind of humor. And Christina Applegate's timing is just fantastic. She's great in it. So that, to me. Brittany, you should watch it. Right now, I'm watching I mean, The Great on Hulu, and that's amazing. It's about the Catherine great. the Great. But it's oh, yes. like the weird dark humor incredibly historically inaccurate okay. it's al fanning and yes the, the guy, the guy that from fury road 
and about yeah. a, Nicholas Holt. Is that his name? Nick, yeah. Nikki, Nikki Holt. Yeah, yeah. He was also yeah. in Pearl Harbor. Saw he was also he, he was in the X Men. Yes. He was beast. And yeah, yeah he's he playing also, he's playing Peter the Great, and he's really Cyclone. funny in it. Cyclone, he was Cyclone. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna check that out. I see that advertisement. I've seen the trailer a hundred times, and Les is dying laughing. I bet. I was trying to come up for a wrong name for the. I was too. I, I couldn't, couldn't go over that. I just couldn't do it. I was gonna say he was the bust. Or something. <laughs> the bust. <laughs> That's a terrible name. Fuck both of you. I saw a movie, and it was probably the worst movie that I've seen in 15 years. It was called Capone. And I didn't know that Josh Trank directed this until the end of the film. And I sat through it because I love period gangster films and Tom Hardy. I love him. And I said, Tom Hardy playing Al Capone? Well, I didn't realize that it was when Al Capone was released from jail his last year of his life because he was going through some crazy dementia and problems because he was one of the first ones to take penicillin in the entire country. Mm -hmm. They tested Mm -hmm. all kinds of shit on him. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it got to his brain. So he had dementia. But it's Tom Hardy playing Capone and going through some crazy weird thing in his head, which sounds kind of cool, right? I can understand why Tom Hardy like jumped up chance to do this. But the movie was so fucking bad. I, I was 30 minutes into it and I felt bad for Tom Hardy for being <laughs> in the film. Another 15 minutes went in and I, was, I told Lorena, we got to finish it. Like I, we've already invested this much time. We got to finish it. And it didn't get better. It just got worse. And you don't know if 90% of the film was a dream or not. And I'm spoiling this because I don't want anybody to watch it. Do not watch this film. Okay? And Josh Trank, just stop. Stop. Kylo Ren, can you give Eric the uh, little tease you need to give him? It's time for Eric's Star Wars report. Oh, he does. (laughs) He does give me that tease every time. So, okay. <laughs> in in surprise news, we we didn't get any Mandalorian season two casting information this week that I'm aware of. Uh, and somebody can shut me down on that if I'm mistaken. No, no. Excellent. Good, good, good. We did, however, get the episode of Disney Gallery, Star Wars, The Mandalorian that I've been waiting for. And it was titled technology and it was all about the volume the the big uh conglomeration of led panels that they use to shoot the mandalorian and make it look like they're on location when they weren't and i gotta tell you it did not disappoint no it was amazing and it was even more impressive than i thought and i was floored to find out that several of the scenes that i just assumed that they were on location for were shot (laughs) in this big squat silo basically that probably costs millions upon millions of dollars to build but i guess that uh for me the 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 biggest question i suppose with this is like how many times did they have to try it when it didn't work or did they just get it built and say yep nailed it this is excellent yeah it was crazy the funny part was me watching Lorraine in the kitchen and me going, oh my god, that's I. This is ridiculous, unbelievable. I can't. And she's like, what? She comes over and sees a bunch of stars on the screen. She's like, what, dude? You it's just so explained rad. how it went at my house too. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh! And did you notice this and the perspective that? This is amazing. Um, well, I see some screens, and uh, <laughs> dude, one of the things that I thought was really cool is they were showing the scene 
um, where Toro Calican is kicked back on that speeder. And they were able to use that thing to make it to where you couldn't tell he was a complete douchebag. <laughs> that tells you how amazing that thing is. That is the direction. That is all the direction right there. That's all that was. That's oh, I great. thought they, they somehow covered it up with the effects. So <laughs> really good stuff. That was half oh. their effects budget. Yeah, <laughs> they, they blew it all right there. This Brandy is the first been? episode that I watched. Really? I've been resistant, um, partially because after Brittany said she didn't like it, uh, Chris Fresh got really defensive of it. And when Chris oh, Fresh is defensive of something, then I can't watch it anymore. So I was very right. resistant. But got it. I, I watched sense. this one and I liked it. Okay, you like this one. Brittany, so what's your uh, major problem with this <laughs> I mean, I just gave up after episode two because I think that this should be renamed the Dave Filoni show because I just think that he's just been like going on and on and on. And it's like, I'm here to find out about the Mandalorian, not about how Dave Filoni used to work on King of the Hill and used to do all this shit and how the Phantom Menace uh, goes in a full circle with Return of the Jedi. You know, like it just it's not my kind of shit. So I I got you. The first two episodes did really push Filoni out there. So much so that you're like, well, I wonder if they're going to give him a higher spot in the uh, Lucasfilm there. Uh, God, but- no, please no. But go on. So you're not a big Dave Filoni fan. You don't like his hats. Is that what you're saying? No, like I, I like Dave Filoni. I like what he's been doing for, you know, animation. And I think that that's where he should stay. I don't think that he should go to movies or do a lot with them. He's he's done fine with The Mandalorian. But ironically, like the episode that he directed was the worst episode or no, the episode that he wrote was the worst episode of the whole season. So I just, I think that his priority should be elsewhere because what he's been doing for animation for the past 10 years with the clone wars, you know, with rebels, semi with resistance, like he is so good at that. And I just think mm-hmm. that's where he should stay. Like, I think it's bullshit that, that people are saying that, you know, he should be the head of Lucasfilm or head of movies. Like, mm-hmm. no, like he should stay in that lane because he's doing perfectly fine anyways. Pretty really valid she, points. She says she likes Dave Filoni. She really does not, as you can tell. No, she's, she's, no too nice. she's too nice to say she doesn't like him, but not so nice that she won't trash him. <laughs> if right. if I could, if I could play devil's advocate here or Filoni's advocate, if you will, uh, I think that when people are saying stuff like that, it's more of like what like how he views what star wars should be as opposed to what technically he could do with it like he worked a lot with george and understands that like here's the nature of the stories and so on and so on it'd be more of like him being an executive producer as opposed to uh like getting in there and controlling it all i do think that is something that he could move his way into because he does have a pretty good grip of a grasp of like the the bigger picture of the stories. I do like what he's done with it. And maybe if you put him in that role, as opposed to being in there, getting his hands dirty, we will have less wolves and more characters who are capable of perishing. Hmm. But if you put him in charge though, and I, I like the guy, but I don't think he's the direction that Lucasfilm should go in. If you put him in charge though, then you'll have someone who's like, well, uh, George wouldn't view it like this. George would do this. And you're not really growing star wars by getting away from george i think yeah i think dave filoni is really good if you want star wars to be what star wars was and want to just keep making the same star wars over and over again which if i want old star wars i'll uh watch old star wars i like old star wars but i would also 
like new things. Right. George is important, but you shouldn't have someone who's always deferring to what they think George would have wanted. Yeah. And that's like the why Star Wars is so great right now, because it's almost like so different from like what George would have done. And I feel like that's the future of Star Wars is, you know, how different it is. But at the same time, you know, you get only a little bit of that nostalgia. Like, I feel like if Dave was in charge, that's all he would get is nostalgia. Because I feel like the last couple episodes of the Clone Wars, that's really that all we got. We got a little bit of new, but I just feel like there were there was just too many like recycled scenes or recycled sayings characters, et cetera, et cetera. And like Star Wars doesn't need that. Star Wars needs something new, something exciting and not something from the past. And I feel like Dave Filoni just likes to grab from the past and be like, hey, look at this. Look what George did. And it's like, cool. I respect what George did, but I want to look to the future. Look at this episode of The Mandalorian, though. Look at that Tatooine episode. Now, and I I get, I mean, I don't like it and I sort of get why people do, but I don't Mm -hmm. want that to be what Star Wars was, which is Hey, look at this thing you recognize. Yeah, that wasn't the strongest episode, in my opinion, as well. No, that's the stuff I could live without. What I'm talking about more is, is uh, like, I don't know, like not making those decisions of being the bigger, kind of like when, remember when What's-His-Face, Freddie Prince Jr. went off about here's what the force means and stuff like that. A lot of the stuff he said was really cool. And Dave Filoni's the kind of guy who would, Put that because he's the one who pushed the envelope into stuff that was past like what George would have done, like with the world between worlds and all that stuff. Is that more of what I want? Not necessarily, but I do think it's cool that he's like willing to take some crazy chances like Mm -hmm. that, you know? Mm -hmm. But, but no, I mean, trust me, I am not a Dave Filoni apologist by any stretch of the imagination. I am not prepared to, to get up in front of the, the judge and. Give my give my argument about why he rules. I'm not, you know, I would hang out with the guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, if we want a new generation of Star Wars fans to still take this franchise and take it to another level, it does need fresh blood. And it does need what Jon Favreau did with the directors that, that he picked. I think that he just made some perfect choices. So that should be the future of Star Wars. What the Mandalorian did should be the future of what... the to get the next generation to feel like how we felt when we saw Star Wars, in my opinion, because it, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's yeah. a different generation. Yeah, it's I like agree. Just, I just would have liked to have heard some of those other directors more than Dave. <laughs> John. Thank and, you, and, 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 Favreau, and, and we've heard plenty from Dave in the 15 years since he's been involved. Although yeah. I, I do want to say one little thing about the volume. I thought that episode was great. And it's really interesting that if you look at any of the old documentaries about the making of the original their idea for a lot of the space stuff was to use either front projection or rear projection, which is where they have a screen behind, instead of a green screen, they project whatever's behind the actors on that screen, but it didn't work out because it looked like crap. And here we are all these years later, and that's what they're doing. And the most mm-hmm. impressive thing to me is how it instantly changes. Mm-hmm. And that must be so crazy as an actor to be able to see things change while you're walking. That's why I was just yelling. I was like, oh my God, it's changing. Like, look at that thing. But I guess it was, wasn't that impressive. I think it's really, it is cool. Although the pre- pretension of calling it the volume also, like every time they talk about being in the volume, it sounded like they were characters in like a shitty William Gibson novel or something. It's very, <laughs> we're like making this sound cyberpunky, And I don't know, like right. every time they said it, I laugh. I just kept thinking, pop up the volume, pop up volume. I was curious of why they called it that. I wish somebody would have oh. like said something at some point to explain it. 
Because honestly, you know what I started wondering is, is it because it's cylindrical in shape and they're like talking about how you're filling it as if it's a real, you know, you're oh. turning it into a real space, like you're filling the volume of oh, this thing. Yeah. And but but then I thought, no, it's probably something way dorkier than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're probably you're probably on the right path there. That makes sense. Good job, Eric. Thanks, man. I do we're try. Find, we're gonna find out tomorrow. That's not. I was gonna say it's, it's an acronym. Surface area instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. oval, large, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you bailed it's, out it of stands, that pretty quick. <laughs> it's. Yeah. It's an it's an it's an acronym. It stands for V, very much invented by John Favreau. O for oh damn, look what John Favreau made. That sort of thing. Um so here's some news and I know we don't talk about collecting a lot on here, but Hasbro dumped out a whole grip of new Black Series figure pre-orders today. Oh, and man, shit. they've got a new Mandalorian in Beskar Beskar armor coming out for the 6-inch Black Series and also wow. all new rebels cast and they look fantastic oh that's cool so right yeah man because you know they just had the 40th anniversary of the empire strikes back figures come out yeah. of which yeah. you had talked about speaking yeah, of which it, yeah empire is 40 years old that's kind of hard happy to birthday believe. empire happy birthday to my one of my favorite movies of all time but man, I mean, though they look really good. The figures have come a long way. Here we are, finally out of Skywalker Saga movies, and they're finally making figures that look really good. <laughs> yeah. Man, this the, everything came together at just the right time. They redesigned the packaging. It's pretty exciting, man. It's the sort of thing that you know you got to breathe some life into, like all ends of Star Wars, including the merch. And this is this it's a pretty neat start to it. Awesome. But we have a. Eric, we have an email about some stuff here, Star Wars related, from Ian. Hey, Sithless. Long time no talk. Apologies on my end. It all happened in January before the second semester of school started. I finally was on my way to catch up, and then quarantine happened. Mm. And you all know how that's, how it started. Well, finally, I'm getting back on track. A very happy 40th birthday to Empire Strikes Back. What are some of your favorite parts of the movie? Mine for sure is Yoda telling Luke to unlearn what he's learned. Mm. Lastly, I've been going through all of the shows and movies in chronological order. I'm currently watching Return when I noticed Yoda telling Luke, when gone am I, the last of the Jedi you will be. This has brought up some questions I have that had that I'd love to know your thoughts on them. My main question, I suppose, is how literal we should we take that statement? At the end, re, at the end of Return, Luke is the last Jedi. This point is reiterated in the crawl of TFA, again saying Luke is the last Jedi. Then, of course, we of TLJ itself focused on Luke and Rey. Does this mean that Ahsoka and Ezra never fully completed their training by the time the sequels ah. take place or that they died before the sequels? Do you suppose these questions will be answered in the forthcoming series? Thank you for all you do and may the force be with you always. Ian Gallagher. Thank you, Ian. Appreciate that. Great email, by the way. That's a great question. Um, I'll, I'll tell you my favorite moment. It's my favorite movie of all of Star Wars. And I have a painting of this in Malik's room is when Luke sees Vader for the first time in Cloud City. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. Lightsaber comes up and just the silhouette. It's just probably my favorite scene of any film of all time. It's such a beautifully done scene. You can take pictures of those shots and just blow them up and make them posters, man. It's just love, love, love that scene. It's my favorite. That's actually the first Star Wars movie I ever saw. Empire? Yeah. Oh. It's the only one I haven't seen. 
<laughs> no, in all honesty, it's that is the good. very first Star good. Wars I ever saw. And I was like awestruck. Then I saw A New Hope. <laughs> no, in all honesty, it's that is the good. very first Star good. Wars I ever saw. And I was like awestruck. Then I saw A New Hope. And then I'm like, wait, what's going on here? I had no idea. And I had nobody to guide me through anything. Um, but the whole movie was probably my favorite whole thing. I love when they're on Bespin and R2 opens the door so they can get to the Falcon. Just open the door, you stupid light! And everyone just runs for it, and then he's spinning around, and he shoots the smoke and everything. And yeah, just so that, like, the visuals with the music, I just love that. Uh, I have, like, I have one legitimate one. It's when you see the AT-ATs in the distance. Echo Station 3TA. We have spotted Imperial Walkers. Imperial Walkers. You're just coming, coming through kind of like, I guess, the fog or the snow. Yeah, that is iconic. That's when, for me, I was like, holy shit, this is, this is epic. You know, because you, know, you see Star Destroyers, but you don't really get the, the size. There's, mm-hmm. They're out in the middle of space, so there's no real you know, things to base it off Scale. of. Scale. Thank yeah. you. Um, so, yeah, but you see the ad like, holy shit, those things are fucking huge. And they're just walking, walking towards, you know, blasting eventually. Yeah, so that was that was pretty cool. And then probably, my, you know, I love Chewie. So the whole, in the first one, you know, he'll rip your arms off, you know, that if, if you don't let him win. And then when they, like, when Struthers, or not Struthers, King Tom said when they're at Bespin, when he just picks up Lando and starts choking, choking the him? shit out of him. I was like, oh, fuck, he's going to kill him. Play with Leia and the, the, the dialogue right yes. there. Is so great. Yes, yeah, where she's, where she's using him as the muscle. He's like, yeah, he'll fucking kill you. I was waiting for him to do a predator thing and just rip his spine out. Yeah, yeah so that, that'd be like my number two. Nice, nice. I love all the Cloud City stuff, but really anything with Han and Leia... But I mean, that sort of mm. their chemistry is so off the charts insane in that movie. Yes, your Highness. I thought you had decided to stay. Well, the bounty hunter we ran into when Lord Mendel changed my mind. Han, we need you. We need. Yes. Well, what about you? Need? I need. I don't know what you're talking about. Probably not. And what precisely am I supposed to know? Come on. You want me to stay because of the way you feel about me? Yes, you're a great help to us. You're a natural leader. No, that's not it. Come on. Uh, come on. You're imagining things. Am I? Then why are you following me? Fredo's going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss? I just assume he's a Wookiee. I can arrange that. You can use a good kiss. And the, the arguing, and then when they when the, the kiss, it's just it's like perfect movie romance. And I love they never sort of feel the need to to kneecap Leia in those scenes. Like she's always like giving it just as good as she's taking it. And I and right. I really, really love that. Yeah, it's perfect. I am a lot. I feel like a lot of the Dagobah scenes like have stuck with me, especially when Yoda's lifting Luke's X wing out of the water. And uh, a lot of the commentary between 3PO and Han, like when Han calls 3PO the professor, like that's still like one of my favorite things in Star Wars, like just the sarcasm. Like I just love Harrison Ford and I love Han Solo. Just his sarcasm is just perfect in that movie and in everything. Yeah. Yeah. He's my favorite Star Wars character ever in that in that movie. 
he's highlighted so well. I mean, he's so great in that movie. Yeah, Everything he is. He well, Brittany took mine, which was Yoda lifting the X-Wing out of the swamp. I remember the last the last troop I was able to go on with the 501st, it, we were at the Empire Strikes Back with the Symphony Live. Oh, we yeah, talk, talked about, about this. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, there I am standing in the back of the auditorium after intermission. That scene comes up and I'm standing back there in Stormtrooper armor watching this and hearing the music live, which so that's hitting all the, the things for oh, me, you know, especially the music. It's hard for me to like listen to an orchestra play and not like want to get a little misty eyed. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, get emotional. Be weird. Yeah. I mean, anything just because the ferocity and the tremendous, I don't know, just the, the ability to be so gentle but so bombastic it, it, with the same group of instruments is really amazing. It's as metal as it gets. But so couple all that together for that scene, it was really something. But another one, I really like when Luke is hanging upside down and he calls the lightsaber to his hand because we hadn't seen anything. And when I was a kid, that blew my mind, like watching him calm himself down and reach out for it. And you see the hill shaking. That's one of the reasons I'm so, like, when I think about that classic lightsaber hill, you know, I picture it laying in that snow. And, you know, that that image of it swooping into his hand is so well mirrored in Force Awakens that that same moment is one of my favorites, too. So it's that's just a really cool one. That's great. Boo and I got to see John Williams perform, and he did the raising of the uh-huh. uh, X-Wing. Right. Uh, oh, God, that was crazy. Yeah, John Williams actually raised the X Wing. That's what I was going to ask you, man. That <laughs> yeah. is crazy. Yeah. He he does have that power. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What do you think he ended his entire concert with? We've seen him twice. He's done this. Usually ends it with obviously do all the fates, but this time he did it. What do you think that he picked out of all in his entire catalog of films? When did you see him? Just last year. It was not a Star Wars film. Do you remember Boo? <sighs> you would remember by now. Yeah. I want to say it, I want to say Indy, but I'm pretty sure I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. He played Indy, but it wasn't. It would be the Superman theme. Absolutely Superman theme. Wow, good job, Eric. Dude, David Collins did a fantastic four-episode breakdown of the original Superman movie score. And uh, such a good job. And the stuff that he breaks down in it, if that's... If that's not your thing, I still think you'd get a lot out of it. And how, mm-hmm. you know, he made it to where the word Superman is instrumentally in the song. Like, that's crazy. It, I didn't know that. Superman, that's, that's what that, that cue oh, is. It's, damn, it's, that's it's, crazy. Yeah, that's, that's the cue for it. And it feels so good. Yeah, that is an amazing piece of work. John Williams. Oh my gosh. The guy has got this tremendous body of work and all of it's good. It is. All of it. Everything he's done. It's it's unbelievable. King Tom has read a book. Yeah. Well, Eric, I want to say that somebody from Del Rey must have been listening because I got two advanced copies, digital copies, and I got the Poe Dameron book and I got the Claw Wars book, Eric. I got the Poe Dameron book and the Padme book. It's out. Oh, you did you really? I I got the Claw Wars. All seriousness, after the show, you got to tell me how to 
get make this happen. <laughs> I told I told King Tom earlier, I'm gonna put this in the show notes because Eric's gonna go, what the fuck? <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I honestly did, and I appreciate that very much. And I will we'll definitely pass it along. King Tom. King Tom, we should tell maybe. him, right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Let's see how it, let's see how it. King Tom, tell us a little bit of how you enjoyed it, if you enjoyed it, how far you're along. Are you finished with it? I finished the Padme book. It was a quick. It was a quick read. Uh, oh, okay. And it's it's a prequel to the book that E.K. Johnson wrote last year about Padme after the Phantom Menace, and this takes place before the Phantom Menace. Oh. And it does a, a really. It's it's it can be what some people would consider fan servicey, but I think it does so in a good way. It, it made me want to watch the Phantom Menace. I thought you were going to say it could be unnatural. There was a little bit of that too. But, but the Poe book, have you read the Poe book? I have not started the Poe book. Yet. Oh, okay, okay. I started the Poe book. I, I'm like, I think two chapters in. What do pretty you think good. of it? It's pretty yeah. good. Not bad at all so far. And I think it's going to take us to areas where um, we're going to understand a little bit more about him as a young adult, which is uh, pretty cool. And I mm-hmm. think Zori Bliss is going to be in this thing, as far as I know. Anything else you girls want to talk about Star Wars wise? Because I know we have one game slotted right now. And I know Boo was supposed to come up with some Naboos and see how you girls would do as a team. Boo, are you ready for this, Naboo? Absolutely. Girls, are you ready to play Naboo? I guess. All right, here we go. The unison is... Yeah, you is, see how cr- that was they're nice. in stereo. That was nice. Yes. All right. No pressure here. It's really not going to mean anything if you get these wrong. But if you get them well, right... Oh. It'll mean something for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Brittany, you have to deal with that. <laughs> Uh, go ahead. So here we go. All right, ladies, you ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Question number one. Boy band in sync made a cameo in the attack of the clones at the request of George Lucas's daughter. They were edited out of the final cut. Question number two. The number of clone troopers that are wearing physical armor. So this is like actors actually. So these aren't questions. These are statements. Well, Thank you. Depends. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was gonna. <laughs> my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Statement number two. I'm just making yeah. notes in my phone. I'm taking this shit seriously. So yeah, you go should. ahead. You should. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, um, so the number of clone <laughs> troopers that are wearing physical armor. So these are actors in actual armor. Right. At any point in time during the prequels is under ten. Wow. In yeah. episode one, the uh, personal communicator used by Qui Gon Jinn is actually made from a Gillette Ladies Sensor XL razor. Okay, okay. 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 Emily and oh, Brittany, you oh guys shit. talk it over. Brittany's, Brittany's, Brittany's got, got, the, got the hand gestures. No, it's, it's Mr. Krabs. Yeah, Mr. Those, Krabs. Those are the Mr. Krabs hands. Oh, oh, yeah. She has those. She has Mr. those. When so she talks, she has Mr. Krabs okay. hands. Yeah. Okay. SpongeBob. We I haven't didn't... seen these in a while. <laughs> I, thank you. Thank you for doing the voice. That's Thanks. all I see. Thanks. So anytime she gets like serious with me, she gets the Mr. Krab hands out. I'm lost. I'm like, well, fuck. I'm already, it's already over. She doesn't yeah. bust out your middle name? No. I know your mom busts out your middle name. Not yeah, yet. Not yet. <laughs> she hasn't okay. been that mad at me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what were the okay, what were they again? There was the first one first one was insane. That one I've heard before. Actually, ooh, yeah, that okay. one's definitely true. Ooh. I wonder if then they cut him out, they said bye bye bye. No? Number two was what? Uh the uh the number of clone troopers that are wearing physical armor at any point in time during the prequels is under ten. So these are actual actors in armor. Mm-hmm. And then statement number three is uh, in episode one, the personal communicator used by Qui-Gon Jinn is actually made from a Gillette Lady Sensor XL razor. Very good razor, though. Uh, 
I, you, you can do a lot with it. I feel like I've heard, I feel it. like I've heard the razor one before too. Oh, yeah, me too. But also, but that's I, I why. Mean, yeah, because okay, so number two is interesting because from my understanding, I don't think that anyone was in. Clo- I don't even think clone trooper uniforms exist in star wars because they were ah. all cgi because you know george and how you know trigger happy he was with you know the whole cgi green screen everything i thought that the clones are green screen too so the only one i know 100 percent is true is the sync one because i they were i forget what exactly they were supposed to be like for some reason i'm thinking they were supposed to be like these animated birds or something i don't fucking know but i don't know i don't was, I never, was that in phantom phantom menace no that was in Attack uh, of i clones. think so no. Oh, Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were yeah, Attack to, of the Clones. Maybe yeah. they're supposed to be in the bar or something. Death sticks. Probably take some death sticks. Yeah. I mean, I also haven't seen Attack of the Clones in a super long time. But as, are there any actual uh, clone troopers in it, like played by people? No. Okay. Is that your final answer? Is that what we're going with? Which one are we picking? Two. We're picking number two. Don't don't give them the yes or no yet because I want to know what King Tom and Eric think about this. Yeah. What do you guys think? I, well, well, the thing is, it's like for that number to be less than 10 on number two, it zero is certainly less than 10. Oh, so that would, right. that would that's make true. number two true. But I, the, the razor one is true unless it's some obscure. Nope. Turns out it was the XL. It's one of those yeah. because the, la- the last time we did this, it was like, what was it? Jar Jar had a cat. But no, he no, he had a dog. It wasn't a cat. It was so it's hard, all right. I was you. I it's really fucking hard to find this fucking bullshit. King Tom no, is coming at it's not. It's not number two podcast. because yeah, zero is less than ten, but zero isn't a number if you think about it. Because <laughs> it literally stands for nothing. It's right. the absence of stuff. But okay, um, so. the razor one's true. The clone, the number of people in clone armor was zero. Uh, the in sync thing, I've heard it, but is there some detail or was it of the that? The Backstreet thing? Boys. No, it didn't. You know, that's what I was thinking too. It might be oh, the Backstreet Boys. I always it get the them confused. Backstreet Boys. So my bye 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 joke wouldn't work if it was the Backstreet Boys. No, Damn. you wanted it that way. Oh, <laughs> well done, King Tom. Well, well, let's see. That would have been what year? Two thousand one. Two thousand. Well, recorded recorded in two thousand one. Don't you think we would have seen something? The Je- though? Their Jeopardy music is right no. out right now, guys. There it's- are, you know, there are two Jedi that throw Obi Wan and Anakin lightsabers, and I always thought that was them, mm. but it might not be. Okay, we'll say number one is false. That's my answer. Okay, your answer, King Tom. What do you think? I'll go with number one. Also, the girls. You think number two? That's yeah. your final answer. I All mean, right. I'm gonna. Look, yeah. look, I'm, I'm not really it. willing to lose this on a technicality because Boo's full of shit. So let's okay. hear it. <laughs> that's why I, that's why I can't lose because the, he's full of shit. I'm going to ride a die with the girls. So I'm going to go number two. Number two? Yeah. Congratulations, ladies. You guys are correct. Yes! Yes! Yeah, they are, there are no uh, clone troopers in physical armor. They are all CGI. Every single one of them. Every single one. Damn. Every single one. And then, then and but, it is in yeah. sync. Then, then, then that means... That's technically true. The, the, that means the answer is is not to. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, because you, d- zero I said, is less I than said 10. possibly less than ten. Yes, which zero is substantially less than ten. <laughs> it's exactly ten less than ten. <laughs> yeah. Well, zero zero would 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 Here just we be go. saying that the statement is is true or is is uh, is factual. 
I'm, I'm one to ten. My my bad. That is these knob boos are very technical. Yeah, <laughs> he's technically an action. Seriously, <laughs> I whip I these, these together when I when I'm like, oh fuck, I have to put together a knob boo. <laughs> so did they win or not? The ladies won. The okay, guys, everyone lost. lost. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. everybody's a loser. Everybody lost. Everybody I, I, I want you to. Lost. I want you to write. It. You got the number ten. You got the number zero. <laughs> Do you put a greater than, less than, or equal sign in between there? If you put a greater than, number two was not the answer. Could mathematics ever be described as beautiful? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm gonna have to check your guys's uh, your, your guys's math on that one. Yeah. No, you don't need to check the math. I think we're all agreed that zero <laughs> is. In fact, less well, than that was fun. Thank you, Boo, for absolutely for nothing. I evidently absolutely. But, <laughs> let, let, let's get into pop. Culture and reboots and remakes. Indiana Jones 5 update here. James Mangold is going to uh, take over directoral duties. <laughs> duties. Or, we? Yeah, duties. <laughs> Somebody said duties. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Steven Spielberg obviously is not going to be directing, but he is going to be one of the executive producers, so he'll still be there to guide the way. But we have Frank Marshall weighed in and on Collider. This is from uh, Collider's article from Christina Radish. And she had an interview with Frank Marshall. And he, this is what he said about this. He said, Marshall explained that Mangold is the ideal choice to take over for Spielberg. His love of the franchise. He's a wonderful filmmaker. And I think he also has a great relationship with Harrison Ford. I want to get your guys' take. I don't know if we ever talked about Mangold taking over this franchise. And he, Marshall also went and talked about how they're going to reboot the Bourne franchise with all new storylines. Yeah, I want and to talk that about stuff. that. Mangold, great director. Well, he was a great director in Logan. What do you guys think about him taking over Indy? And is it time now? I think I have the question of is it time for us? Is it better for this franchise not to have Spielberg? And a lot of people think that. It's better for Star Wars not to have Lucas involved as much. Is it time now for Spielberg to give this franchise to a uh, to some uh, fresh blood? Emily and Brittany, what do you guys think about this? I mean, Mangold certainly has, uh, you know, some legitimacy for taking beloved hero when he's old and doing well with it. Uh, I mean, obviously... I would think that the tone for Indiana Jones would be very, very different than Logan. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I don't know if I want Indiana Jones, old Indiana Jones at all. Yeah, I don't I I don't and I don't want a new Indiana Jones. Like there's since Indiana Jones is pulled entirely from this love of old adventure serials, just Make a new adventure movie. We used to make adventure movies. It's something you could make again. You could sell that. I mean, the the Brennan Fraser mommy movies did pretty well. Do do, mm-hmm. do something that's Some not Indiana Jones. Because as much as you're getting pulled in because of the nostalgia, you're also then really handcuffing yourself. And I, I think really putting yourself in a bad position because nobody really wants to see 77-year-old Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, and nobody wants to see him, like we know from Crystal Skull, nobody wants to see him with, like, the new young brat teaching him how to be Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. That is true, but how do you do that? How do you bridge that? How do you make the new indie? Because they're going to go along with this, and they're going to make a franchise out of this, another franchise out of this. 
Uh, so how do you do that bridge without having old Indy teaching a new Indy, unless you're going to do a complete prequel of the franchise, but that's being tired too of doing these damn prequels. We have a fucking Sopranos prequel coming out. Well, no, you like, just do like James Bond and you just have new, a new version of Indiana Jones. And he's going to call himself Indiana Jones. He's like, like what Boba Fett's going to do. He's going to find his hat and he's going to be called there Indy. There are like, how many different Bonds? And they're Close all James Bond. Now. Right. So that's well, what I'm saying. Like yeah. you just cast another guy and say, look, this is Would you guys Indiana be happy Jones. with that? Nope. You got to take it or leave it. Yeah. It's either or. You have to take it or leave it because it, that is a tough call. It's how do you figure this out? I mean, you're just going to, you got to pull the trigger on one of those. If you make a prequel, where does that put him? Because this is like 1940s, 19. He's taking on mostly Nazis, right? If I'm not mistaken. The German occult. One, yes. Two. Okay. Yeah. So well, he was. So, yeah. he, now, so if it's a prequel. It with Russians, well, we already had young be, Indiana Jones' series. Yeah. Yeah. See, we so sure if it's did. a prequel, where are you going to stick that? Like, you got to, uh, you just cast a new guy and just say, look, here's, here's a new adventure. That's it. And just go from there. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Here's my idea. It's so messy. Just don't do it. Yeah, but, that, but that's going to be impossible because Kathleen Tenney is very excited about this. Lucasfilm is excited about this. They're going to run with this franchise. And you're going to get three more movies out of this if it makes any money. So if they are going to make them, what's the best way they can possibly do it? And it's a, it's a tough one. This might be tougher to figure out than other franchises because... The Harrison Ford's still alive. He's older now, but he's still he still can act because he still looks good on screen. He doesn't look good running around, unfortunately. But I just don't know how you would do it. I, it's a it's a it's a tough tough way of uh, starting a franchise under this Disney Lucasfilm era. I don't know how to do it. I love Indiana Jones. I I hate to say I'm skeptical of it being a good movie with Harrison Ford as Indy, but. I don't. I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah, I, I yeah. want to say I trust them because you know Kathleen Kennedy is going to be the one who signs off on everything, and she's been mm-hmm. with the the Indiana Jones franchise since I'm at least uh, Temple of Doom, if not Raiders. You know, right. she knows she knows what she's doing, and I think Mangle will be a good director. You know, if to answer your question from before, if Spielberg doesn't want to be doing it anymore, I wouldn't want him involved. At the same yeah. time, yeah, I don't. I don't know how you do it. And for them to hand off the franchise to a new actor, like Emily said before, it can't be Shia LaBeouf or any just Hollywood jackass. It has to be someone who could do it. And I I know Emily was against the idea to begin with. I I think I'm a little bit more flexible on that, but I don't know. I'm not that smart enough. I can't figure that out. All right. Well, it's something to think about. I mean, you know, they get paid the big bucks. But where were the thoughts on... Rebooting the Born franchise. He, he just said that that's another franchise that he wants to get into and completely have new stories, new. They Born need to combine uh, Jeremy Renner and that's, Matt yeah. Damon. That was my role. I wish they first. would do that. That Please would be amazing. Do that first, yeah, that would be amazing. Please put Jason and Alex together, and you still remember their names. Yeah, that's <laughs> love that's series. That was actually my favorite one. The Born Legacy was actually. It, all the other was, ones are good, but I, the Born Legacy I am a was fan really, of the Born really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rainer did a great job. It was awesome. My Rachel brother's Beast in one of those movies. Your brother is? Really? For like a split second. He originally had a longer scene where he's, I don't remember which movie. It's either the second or the third one. But he had a scene where, he, like, when he's in an airport and he's a, like, a guy working at the airport, like, push, pushing a big, like, cart of luggage. 
And in the original scene, he actually gets shoved by Bourne oh, and like falls oh, over. Man. But unfortunately, like the day they shot, it was snowing and you can see it through the airport window and oh. continuity wise, it couldn't be snowing. So they oh, ended up cutting it off. But you, do you still see him for a split second pushing this big cart of luggage? And my mom and I went to see it in the theater and like cheered when he came on. Oh, that's oh, right. That's, that's really cool. cool. My, my really wife cool. loves those movies. And when my son was born, we went to the hospital. We just brought a bunch of DVDs and stuff with us. And she's in labor and we watched the first two. That's <laughs> cool. That's, that's a great awesome. memory. That's really cool. I love the movies. I've mm-hmm. seen all of them in the theater. I absolutely love them. I would have loved to have been in that theater with with Emily and her mom. <laughs> just out of nowhere, it's all quiet. Woo! No, that happened. <laughs> be like, what the fuck? No, Nothing guys, happened. Guys, Everybody's just cheering. Be like, wait a minute. What? It'd be like, somebody just jumps out with their popcorn. Like, oh, fuck, what happened? Oh, let God. Me, let me tell you, that exact thing happened to when I was in Seven Pounds, the Will Smith movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. We went and saw it on opening night. There's like, 15 people in the theater, but we went and saw an opening night and that scene happens. And then it was my brother and Lorena and somebody else. Oh, I don't know. It wasn't Lorena. It was somebody else. And they, everybody just, <laughs> they, they just jumped. They, <laughs> 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 this is great. I don't mean it was another the scene woman. Happens it was, and you yeah, cheered like it was yeah. my buddy. It was my buddy, Daniel, everybody that was in the film. Yes. We all cheered. And that movie is a very depressing movie. Yeah. There's no cheering in that movie at all. So everybody turned around and looked at us. That was, that was me. That was me in the movie. That's me right there. <laughs> They're like, fuck you. You weren't yeah, exactly. in that. That yeah. isn't you. Yeah. Well, hopefully they'll figure out not only Bourne, but Indiana Jones, because I, I like to have my kid. I like to have Malik be able to have a whole new Indiana Jones franchise and have it work, you know? Well, could they make it to where, like, Indiana Jones, you know, he's got tenure, obviously, by now, and he's just, like, the librarian. They keep trying to give him, like, the mm-hmm. crappy classes because they want him to retire, and he won't do it. And it's just yeah. him standing in front of a chalkboard. We did this, Eric. We had Johnny on, and I think we theorized. We, we did th- we? we threw did we do ago? that? I'm sorry. Yeah, we talked about it where he's actually either as a professor. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's that. got the noob guy coming along and asking questions and oh, yeah, no, 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 bringing no. up these different things and then he goes, "Well, maybe we should check it out." And they end up together on an adventure together and then the new guy takes on the role of Oh, no, no, no. No new guy. Just him. Ooh. Teaching class. That's the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good one. Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. I'd still watch it's it. like Goodwill Hunting, except there's no Goodwill Hunting in it. <laughs> oh, wow. It's just his actual lessons. Yeah. And just him being just a prick. It's literally, and then if you watch the tr- whole trilogy, you get a college credit. <laughs> ah. Well done. Is he going to like pull his whip out and yank, snap it at people falling asleep in class? Oh, maybe. Let's see what happens. Another reboot, remake, or a sequel that we're going to talk about, Labyrinth. A sequel hmm. for Labyrinth is in the works. Now, this is pretty cool. This is via comicbook.com. Doctor Strange is director Scott Deckerson. Is it Deckerson? Derrickson. 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 Yeah. Doctor Strange director is Scott, Scott D. You guys are all D's right now. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Strange Scott Derrickson has found his new project in form of Labyrinth which is you're going to do a sequel. Derrickson recently parted a ways with the Marvel Studios, probably because they called him Dickerson. After being attached to Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness, wasting little time before finding his new project. A production for TriStar Pictures, which will be a direct follow-up to Jim Henson's 1986 movie, 
the movie does not yet have a release date. So this is going to be a direct sequel to Labyrinth. Emily, I know you're excited about this, correct? Oh, I'm, oh. I'm apprehensive about it. Like, I don't, I don't want it to be like a, you know, stop ruining my childhood kind of thing. Right. But it is, it's a weird one because, I mean, look, I'm not saying Labyrinth is the greatest movie of all time, but it's one of the movies I have the most nostalgic love for. It's a movie I've been watching since I was, you know, probably like seven or eight years old. And it's so many things I love in terms of, of fantasy and fairy tale and, and Jim Henson, like the puppetry in that movie is like mind boggling good. It's, it's so like iconic. I think for a lot of women, my age, um, like that's probably where my, like always having a crush on a villain thing comes from is from Mm -hmm. David Bowie in that movie. I mean, always, always Jareth's awesome. amazing. And that's sort of where the weirdness comes in, which is what this movie is going to be. <laughs> right. Because you... Because it, it's a direct follow-up to it. Yeah, and so you, you can't recast that. You cannot recast Bowie. I mean, no, you, you can't recast Bowie to the point when, when they had to bring him in in the third season of Twin Peaks... He's a giant metal teapot and it's just somebody doing a voice. Like, All right. that's how much you can't recast David Bowie. And right. so I- I'm going to have to wait and know what the story is. Um, I'd love Jennifer Connelly to be involved somehow. She oh. needs to be. Um, it's interesting the people who are doing it. I mean, Scott Derrickson, he, I mean, besides... Doctor Strange, it's mostly horror. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely stuff in Labyrinth that freaked me out as a kid, so I don't think that's necessarily a bad direction. I mean, he, I mean, it seems to me that that's the reason he's not doing the next Doctor Strange is he wanted it to be more of a horror movie than Marvel did. And, and right. I like a lot of his other stuff. He's also done some terrible stuff. He did a really bad Hellraiser movie, and he did... Um, one called like Deliver Us from Evil, which is some really shitty Eric Bana's a cop fighting oh. the devil something. It's really bad. But yeah, it sounds you bad. know, I like Doctor Strange. I like some of the other horror like I think Sinister is really good. So mm-hmm. we'll see. And I'm also waiting to see what they're doing puppet wise. Because if it's not puppets, then they can get fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one. Are they gonna use puppets? They should. I mean, puppets if they are bust. Yeah. Like puppets if, are bust. if, it's if the Henson workshop's not involved in it at all, then then I think that's a that's like Welcome. a deal breaker. Right. All right. Cool. I got an interesting, fun pop culture fact. Among the top 100 grossing domestic movie releases of all time, there's been there's been three occasions when two of the films opened up on the same weekend. Dr. Zhivago and Thunderball shared Christmas 1965, The Exorcist and The Sting 1973, Christmas, and Memorial Day 1977, where it was Star Wars. And what do you think that movie was? Any guesses? Do you? King Tom, you don't know this one? Did I just not boo you? (laughs) No, because this is not a trick question. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) It's, uh-huh. it's very it's interesting. It's not a this trick movie, question that's wrong. This, <laughs> there was no third movie. This movie made $533 million. This is adjusted. Opening weekend? Adjusted. Oh. 
2020 values, by the way. <laughs> it's the 77th all-time grossing film in 1977 also. <laughs> and it opened? It opened in 1977, the same day as Star Wars. What genre is it? Ooh, this is a rough one. Um, it's a comedy, and it's a fun, slapsticky. Smokey and the Bandit? Fuck, you're reading it right there. <laughs> asking us? I didn't want you guys telling them. <laughs> you, what the fuck? Yep. You don't have it right there. That's oh, bad. Don't have it right there. What is the matter with you? What's the matter with you? I'm not asking you guys. Obviously, the answer is in front of you with a big screen in front of you. Yep. I like I like the ring in, Alex. Uh, I like the ring in. Uh, what is God. Smokey and the Bandit? Man, we had a good quiz question. <laughs> it's Attack of the Clones. Up. Uh, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, did it have any clones or are they all CGI? Yeah. <laughs> was, was there a woman's razor as a communicator? Yeah. Which model? So, yeah, which model? You have to be specific here. So, Smokey and the Bandit. Yes, Les. Amazing. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Smokey and the Bandit actually has, is a bigger hit than any of the Harry Potter films. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, West Side Story, Lawrence of Arabia, all the Hunger Games films, and Rocky. And according to Alfred Hitchcock's daughter, it was one of her father's favorite films. That's the power of the stash. This comes from the my power, MVP. Sally Fields, man. Speaking of Sally Hunger yeah. Games, <laughs> speaking of Hunger Games, I just read the prequel book. Oh, how was it? Because they're going to make a movie out of it. It is unnecessary. Ah, uh, I was hoping that you wouldn't say that. <laughs> so wait, let me guess. The President Snow gets burned by someone, and Hold then on. all of a let sudden, let me put the synopsis on the screen so you can just weirdo. read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not. It could have been a short. I think it could have been an a r- interesting short story, but it is not a great novel. And they also keep doing annoying things, like putting in like elbow nudges about the later books. Like there's some point when they're out in the woods getting food, and they start talking about like, oh, this plant is called Katniss. Well, but other people call it this uh, and this, but I prefer Katniss. Isn't Katniss uh, such a nice word? And I'm like, oh my like, god. Oh, it's so lame. <laughs> that is yeah. so lame. And they're that's making a good. movie out of that? <sighs> well, no. yeah, that sucks. <laughs> well, that's that's really disappointing here, but it's not it. terrible. Like, it's competently written, but I sort of read it and went, oh, maybe she just got the plot from a fanfic because it sure does read uh, like it. Do you think that it could be made to a decent movie or no? I think if you, if you cast snow really well and you don't try to make him the hero at all i mean because the book you know he's fairly villainous even in the beginning of the book like i mean like he's not a good dude yeah but yeah i think i don't know i mean unfortunately i don't know who would be young donald sutherland like especially like 18 year old like that's a like Hard yeah, ask for 18-year-old is character who is your main guy who you have to have some sympathy with, but is also a fascist. And that presence that he has as an actor and that voice that he has, man, you have to nail it. Yeah. Well, let's get into our trailer trashed. We were going to show Rick's suggestion, Rick Villanueva's suggestion from last week, but we noticed that there's no dialogue in it and there's crazy music going on. And so... I don't think it would have played very well, but Rick, let me tell you, it was so bad that we stopped it halfway and we <laughs> couldn't get through it. <laughs> so, well done. Um, <laughs> you made us quit. You yeah. made us quit a trailer trash. We've never quit. So, good job. 
<laughs> That's a new record. <laughs> That's a new record. We're not going to let our audience go through that, but we did it for you. So just, yeah, we're here we for took you. The hit. <laughs> yeah, we took the hit. We're going to go watch Noah Outlaw's suggestion, which was Shakma from a couple weeks ago. This is going to be interesting. Here we go. Big tall building, bunch of bicycles. Four three aspect ratio. Ooh, great title. Shakma. Ooh, you see those are fangs, the A. Oh god, no. Oh, oh, oh please, death. no. This is face no. of death. This is death. Oh yeah. Oh, they took a chip out no. of a primate's brain. And they're squeezing a needle and oh for the love of God, no. Oh what? Oh. Oh wow, no. that is awesome! What? But what was what? Oh, it's a baboon? Okay, tearing a baboon's face. First of all, tearing a dude's face. I hate clean. monkeys. Oh. I hate them. I Why is she just watching? Be... Run, do something. Hey, she she looks very familiar. Help him! Oh my god, she looks very familiar. No. Oh no, no shock! Oh, no, what? That's a freaking baboon. That's a real okay. fucking monkey. That's How awesome. Did it get uh, in there? Fuck that! Fuck that! <laughs> I don't like monkeys, dude. No, man. Of course not. Look, Look at that thing. <laughs> I don't like how they do Oh, oh no, God, no. No, Outlaw, what's wrong with you, man? No. Oh, we are so watching no. this. Oh, this, is, this has got boo written all it's over it. It's just a baboon eating, just killing people. Oh, ah. This is awesome. Starring Christopher Atkins, two-time recipient of the National Association of Theater Owners Star of the Year Award. First for Blue Lagoon. Now for Shockma, also starring Amanda Wiss of Silverado and Nightmare on Elm Street. Ari Myers from TV's Kate and Alley, featuring Roddy McDowell as Professor. Oh, oh Roddy my God! McDowell. Oh shit! And Shockma, shocking audiences. <laughs> the monkey. <laughs> oh, look at that jump! He's parkouring. Oh shit! Oh That's my God! Awesome. First of all, that is like. <laughs> An alpha male baboon. Dude, okay. that is horrifying. That's a real fucking ba- That's Shockma awesome. That baboon right is now. ready for fucking stardom. What's that, Emily? I'm leaving the podcast so I can go watch Shockma. <laughs> right? That looked awesome. No, it did not. That looked awful. First of all, Should I hate monkeys remo- because they can do that week, kind of Emily? shit. Absolutely. I'm, I'm oh. so excited. All, apparently also called Panic in the Tower. <laughs> oh, I like Shockma better. Baboon in the Tower, you mean? Just the loose ass? Dude. People, oh, baboons kill leopards and yeah, lions yeah. like, like with ease. That's why I don't like them. <laughs> the and only he, thing that can take them on is like a crocodile. That's I've seen all. And they look like they're cream. constantly mooning you. Their asses are always bare. Oh, any any primate that is can kill you. It, no, it's I don't like primates. Simple as that. I don't like them. They're this, like this, they look like humans. They're walking around. They have fingers and shit. Like this is just a, a movie version nope. of all those chimp accidents we hear about, That's where people right. get their faces ripped off. Or their genitalia bitten off and just oh, this is amazing. That was, was, that was the amazing. <laughs> that was a Noah. Thank you. That was pretty rough. I, that was really, really hell rough. of a suggestion, dude. I don't shock know if I get over what I just saw. <laughs> you know, in parts yeah. of India uh, and Pakistan, <laughs> there's like legit monkeys just attack people. Oh, I know. Like, I, they're I so, saw it on the internet uh, the other day. Like, they, they, a, ba- a baboon grabbed the. A little like five year old, and luckily they stopped him. But he was yeah. gonna grab him. Yeah, but but they're so populous that you can't, that people can't go outside. Like they actually, like people that go to work, they they have their lunch with them, and they get jumped for their lunch, and they just have to stay inside. They Give me a lunch, swarmed, bitch. <laughs> swarmed by macaques. No, it's crazy. Dude, no, we went to Nicaragua, yep. you and I, mm-hmm. uh, and just you and I. Just yeah, just for <laughs> just for a rendezvous. Just, nobody else. Nobody else. Just you and I. 
And there's monkeys up in the trees. Remember how scared oh, yeah. I was? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was legitimately scared. scared. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I ain't walking around. Yeah, little, uh, capuchin yeah. monkeys? I don't give a shit what kind of monkeys, dude. <laughs> uh, they are like these, well, yeah, they're tiny capuchin monkeys. Yeah, yeah, the only monkey that I like is Abu from Aladdin, and that's it. I don't want to deal I, with any other monkeys. I don't like them. Well, there's your trailer trash for episode 199. There you go. Now, we got some comic book TV movie news real quick. Harry Cavill in talks to wear the S again, looks like, boo. I know I'm excited about this because I'm a big fan of his. Especially his pectoral muscles. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a great Superman. I'm glad they're trying to work it out. This is necessarily, this is from Variety. It necessarily doesn't mean they're going to make another Superman movie, but he might appear. And then people are thinking he's going to pl- appear in uh, the Black, Bl- Adam, Black movie? Adam movie. Yeah. Something like that. But or he's going to be doing some cameos or, no, no, or team shaking his head. Boo's shaking his head. Crack team. Yeah. The, uh, it looks like the only movies that he's going to be able to, to appear in are Aquaman 2 and Shazam 2. I'll take it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, as far as Black Adam or uh, Wonder Woman or or anything like that, no, that's, I that's would, already I too late. I would take him in any of them. But if, if we get it the right way, hopefully he helps Shazam fight Black Adam. Which if they which, show that's the storyline, isn't it? The way it's going to go down, they, Black Adam will kick his ass. Yes, kick whose ass? Superman's? Yes. Wrong. I don't care how much you know about comics. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody Black beat, Adam's a fucking stud. Nobody's beating Superman's ass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till the Snyder Cut comes out. <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> Speaking of that, Eesh. great segue. Ah. Uh, we were wrong, by the way. Uh, we thought that they were going to bring the whole cast back in. No. Uh, Nay. That's not happening. That's not happening. We do have a voicemail from the Wimp. It's a little long, but I think we, he deserves to be heard because he's right on a couple of things. He calls us out. Okay. And listening to it, sorry, Wim, I edited it because it was really like seven minutes long. So I had to bring it down. <laughs> but all the points are there and I think we need to listen you cut it down to a minute because the other six no, are just telling us to fuck no. off <laughs> no it's pretty long but, but it's, it's, it's really good I was, I was editing it out and I didn't have my earphones on and Lorraine's like well that was a really good voicemail I go I know it's the whim there you go hey guys it's whim I just want to send you a quick voicemail on episode 199 did he say quick I have a whole stack of fuck yous for this week first off mm. fuck you guys for dissing Rocky last week now, to quote, true. you're not missing anything. I had to fucking go back and make sure I heard that bullshit correctly. I'm sorry, Dudes. I'm sorry. Rocky won Best Picture and Best Director in 1977. I know. I know. Now, with the exception of Carl Weathers, the entire cast was nominated for Oscars, which is in itself racist as fuck. And it beat Network and Taxi Driver for Best picture it created the training montage i mean the music was a build-up for kind of what john williams was about to break through a year later with star wars you know the original rocky movie is a great film so fuck you guys for dissing yeah now i have another fuck you locked and loaded fred willard guys going on about a comic genius and great movies he's going in the whole time i'm listening i'm like these guys don't even know they don't have a clue did you (laughs) Forget to scan IMDb. Did you even forget what movie Fred Willard was in? That's right. He was in Moving Violations. You you know, so on behalf of Fred Willard, fuck you guys. And now for my final fuck you this week. The Snyder Cut. Now, I love King Tom. He's a great guy. But that's like asking a Trekkie what he thought of The Last Jedi. He's going to trash it. Now, we didn't get Zack Snyder's vision of Justice League. We got a bunch of suits who just wanted a copy of the Avengers with DC character. It was like a month before Zack was replaced. 
Josh Whedon was announced to be working on this Batgirl film. Did that ever happen? No, it didn't. That was bullshit. Suits were already going to fuck with his movie. Then it comes out. Then once that tragedy happened with his daughter, Zach just gave it the fuck this shit. I'm out of here as he rightfully should have done. They already have this footage. Now just invest in the special effects and release it. What are you going to lose on it? I mean, HBO Max comes in and says, hey, I got this big bag of money. How about I give you some and you finish this and we'll release it? And they're like, I'm game. Woo. From what I've seen online, they, you know, they have to do some pickups and, you know, and they don't even need the original cast. And it's not like anything like The Last Jedi or The Rise of Skywalker. Those directors completed their film. Now, if we're going to compare it to anything Star Wars has, the only comparison can be made to Rogue One or Solo. Both of those films, original and concepts, were intervened by the studio execs who brought somebody new in, changed the vision of the movie. Which in Solo and Rogue One, it was good stuff. Now, Batman is dark. Criminals murdered his parents right in front of him as a child. He stops crime and he beats up criminals dressed as a bat because he's psychologically damaged from it. It's not this good versus evil like dancing the 70s tunes. We already got like fucking 45 Marvel movies full of that shit. So DC, you're different. Be different. Embrace it. Go there. It's like he gave the guy who made Watchmen and Batman. You're expecting a happy movie. It's not going to be a happy movie. Who knows what would have happened in his vision of Justice League? Well, I, I guess we will find out in his vision of Justice League and how that dynamic happened and what happened. Can't wait to see it. I want to see it. I'm, that's the movie that I wanted. I'm all for the Zack Snyder. So, so fuck you guys. <laughs> you want one? I'm all done with the fuck you. Uh, the way when I had finished Ozark, but I had found something that was gold. And now you can stream online the first. Four hours of MTV complete with the 80s commercials. You know, now there's not many commercials at all. The station just launched and nobody's really buying up ad time yet. But this was insanely nostalgic for me. I must have watched the same four hours at least six times in the past few weeks. It's great. I loved it. Since I'm on the topic of 80s rock music, how about a podcast uh, by Pineapple Media? It's called Winds of Change. Now, there's a belief or a theory that the 80s rock song Wings of Change was written by the CIA and its purpose was to topple communism. <laughs> and a dude made a podcast about it. So you have to listen to it. You know, there's only eight episodes. It's eight hours, probably. Great podcast. Not recommended enough. So, all right, that's enough for this week. Counting down. I believe we can't write on this week. Good to have the ladies on. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Wim. And you know what? You're, some of your fuck yous are right. The Fred Willard one is definitely not right. I purposely didn't put that movie because the movie was dog shit. I, I just want to say, uh, you know, I, I, he, he could be right about the whole Justice League Snyder Cut thing because I saw a picture Snyder put out this week. It looked pretty cool. It was from, I guess, the Snyder Cut. It was Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hey, I'd watch the movie if Thanos was in it. You're just itching to get another fuck you. <laughs> I am. All right. That's right. That's all right. That's all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At least he calls it. He's like, yeah, I yeah, I want it. I, we deserve, and I deserve the Rocky one. I didn't mean Rocky one, Rocky two, or Rocky three. I'm just saying as a whole franchise, Rocky, Alice wasn't missing much. But you know what? I was wrong. Rocky one, two, three, and four, fantastic. Fantastic films. As a kid growing up, you're absolutely right. Fuck me on that one. I totally agree with you. 
appreciate the email. I'm we sure. showed a little bit of love to Rocky. We do. We normally do. I just said, Alice said that she's never seen one and Boo and I agreed that she's not missing much, which mm. when I was editing it, I was like, oh man, I shouldn't have said that. I knew it. I knew it right from the bat. Well, to be honest, there's Rocky one is a great movie because everything in it, all the actors, everything that he goes through meeting Adrian and stuff like that. It's very good. After that, all you kind of need in the second, the third and the fourth one are his motives, him training and the interactions that he has with Adrian. Cause it's basically the same thing where he either doubts himself or he just, he gets beaten and he can't, you know, that kind of thing. So I think you need to see the first one and then you can kind of speed through the other three. But the, see, the thing is, for nostalgia's sake, when we were kids watching those movies in a movie theater mm-hmm. and seeing those montages, oh yeah, it, it got you so excited and pumped up. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the movie, you knew Rocky was going to win, right? Like you knew that was going to happen. But him coming back, Wim's right. I apologize. Yeah, no, Rocky won definitely. The other ones you can power through. I think. Oh, you're gonna get another. That's fine. No, you, you, no, no, no. Rocky one you're through four. You're just watching him taking shots to the chin for Rocky one through four are awesome. And then I'm going to say this: I've never seen them. You've never seen them either. Yeah, she hasn't seen. I know. No. And you still have to give you're credit you're, where Brittany, credit is due. Much. I'm just kidding. Wait, I'm just kidding. <laughs> because Creed one and two are still freaking badass. Yeah, they're yeah, great. Those, those they're are great. good movies. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a way seen. to reboot the franchise. Oh, you have it, Eric? You're like, really good. That is really a way good. to reboot the franchise. That is a way. That is how you do it if you're ever going to take, if you ever need the answer to how to reboot or take the franchise in a different oh, direction. Good call. I would say circle. Creed is Full the way circle. to do it. Full circle. I like that. Creed, and they're going to make another Creed, by the way. They're going to make it. Yeah, they have to. Yeah, it was fantastic. Are they going to make a, all the way to the fifth one and just forget about the fifth one? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's, Tommy Gunn. Everybody's itching. Yeah, Tommy. That's all I got to say. Morrison, yeah. Tommy Gunn. Wim, I'm, you know what? I'm going to watch it. I'm going to see how it is, and um, I will have an open mind to it. That's all I have to say. And I'm very happy that Cavill is back in the fold. But here is a question. David Ayer is pitching his Suicide Squad to be released now. Lord have mercy. Yes, and that's what I put. Here we go. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Well, I'll, I'll read you what he says. Somebody put a, put a tweet out and put a question mark, and he put... This is a good question. My cut would be easy to complete. It would be incredibly cathartic for me. It's exhausting getting your ass kicked for a film that got the Edward Scissorhands treatment. The film I made has never been seen. So my question is, should they include the director's vision in every Blu-ray and digital format so we just are done with this? Release the movie the studios want to release. It's their movie in the movie theaters. And the Blu-ray, you're going to get a choice to watch either one. And decide on your own which one you like. This would stop all of this. Shit. I agree. You think that the studio is going to pay for that just to shut up some whiny fucking entitled brats? I don't know because the studio evidently now they're they're paying for $20, $30 million for things to be finished and redone now. If we get another film like The Suicide Squad to be made, uh, to the, the his cut to be made, that means that these trolls have won pretty much, Right. They won on this case, in this case, with uh, Schneider. I think they just don't want to wait because a lot of movies, we do get director's cuts and redos and all that awesome stuff. So I, I agree that it should be put out there, but at the studio's discretion at some other time. Because but, the David Ayer's Suicide Squad Emily. was cut the hell up. Yeah. Like there was 40 minutes of the Joker that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Out. That'd make that much movie much better is more no, no. of yeah. that. Oh, like David Ayer fucking sucks. That's why this is a hard like. I, this is such a bad I, case I, for me to. I hundred percent agree with you because that movie was bullshit. That <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, Emily. I agree with you. I'm just saying 
I wonder if just putting this shit out there anyways, I mean, I don't know how much it would cost for them to put it out there and remake and his cut and whatever. I don't know that, that the logistics, I have no idea, but this might be one way to shut up these guys. And, and, and these people that are trolling constantly wanting these little, like these entitled people that are, I don't want, I didn't like that movie. I want this one out. I don't think it does shut them up because yeah. Okay. Let's say the David Ayer suicide squad comes out. I mean, it's still what, it's not what's going to be used going forward. Well, they've already put that all aside and that's what they really want is to control. They don't, they don't want things like Harley Quinn birds prey being made. Like, Mm -hmm. They're never actually going to be happy with any of this. It's like just when the like when Justice League comes out, it's not going to be the ending to the story they want because the universe that that movie was setting up, they've decided they're not doing anymore. Yeah, that's absolutely right because they're already pitching that Dark Side, the guy that played Dark Side, to be in the next whatever the franchises are for the next film. Like they're already pushing that. That's the next narrative. You're right. They're not going to stop complaining. They'll find another way to bitch about something or other. But here we go. These directors are going to start getting on the train. That David Ayers is, it wants his cut released. If they want to get, if they want to separate it, somehow the studio is like, fine, we'll let you do it. But they, they, they find us some way to finish it on their own without the studio and all that and have their own separate kind of thing almost, you know, kind of a David Ayer production kind of thing, then fine. Fine. Then he can put it out on his own. But that's not going to happen because that's, it's costing $30 million to finish Justice League. And no director is going to put that forward no, or, or no, put the effort forward. So no, no, absolutely right. not. Usually I'm against studio involvement when it comes to studio versus director. But in the case of a large franchise like this, you do have to fit a certain mold. And I'm pretty sure that when a director is hired, they sign on and agree to certain conditions laid down by the studio. And if it's you're, if you're making a movie as part of a larger franchise for a studio and there are changes, you just have to deal with that. And like Emily said, it's it's not just entitled fans, but entitled directors too. You're, that's true. That's so true. And there's only two or three directors out there that get able to do whatever the hell they want mm-hmm. in films yeah. without studios. Scorsese, Tarantino, Nolan, those are the ones that can do what the fuck they want. Spiel- yeah. Spielberg. Yeah, but then you have Scorsese who makes a three-hour mob movie, a three-and-a-half-hour mob and, movie. And they let him do it, and pretty damn good. Oh, it's pretty damn good, <laughs> but is anybody else besides Netflix or an Amazon or something like that going to allow him to make three-and-a-half-hour Yeah, because movie? all his movies are three-and-a-half hours. Well, not, that, <laughs> not that long. Was it Shutter Island? or Shutter Island is... is that's, three- that's a crawl, though. That's a painful movie. Raging Bulls, oh, I'm going to get into Bull, a fight right now. Because yeah. Shutter Island's oh, awesome. No. Don't, oh don't, no, it's good, but it is a crawl. Yeah. But I was Tom actually like, what I was going to say said the end which is uh, there's plenty of director's cuts that I really like and think are important that they're out there. But franchise movies are a very different animal. Like mm-hmm. I feel very differently about Terry Gilliam's Brazil, which is one of my right. favorite movies of all time. And the studio said, no, no, like has a super depressing ending. And the studio said, no, 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 we're going to give it a happy, a happy ending. And they do this. It's called the, now it's called the Love Conquers All version, but it was the theatrical cut and it's garbage. And so I'm really glad that Gilliam's movie is out there. But Brazil is a, you know, like weird, not commercially successful sci-fi movie. It's not a tentpole superhero, like one of the middle movie and, you know, a whole like, you know, 15 year long project. Yeah. Because one bad movie could really turn the tide on a franchise. It could, it could go south real quick. 
And one movie can boost it up. Wonder Woman being so great. Mm-hmm. And then Aquaman 2 is pretty good. Shazam was fantastic. They're on a roll. So yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's on the responsibility of the director too to understand what franchise they're dealing with. And, and also when it comes down to it, like we said, they are employees. They are employees. They have a boss above like them. Like Lord and Miller took Solo. Yeah. They wanted to do their thing. But obviously, it wasn't the way they were envisioning mm-hmm. Solo to be. And they didn't want their you know, franchise, even though that's not a franchise, but it is. It's attached to a franchise. It's attached yeah. to a franchise to go that way. Yeah, it's like when you, when, you hi- when you get hired to write the X-Men, you don't just get to write whatever comic book you want to do because there's a whole universe there that they're making. All right. Well, that I think wraps it up. I do want to say one thing, though. I do want to say that our friends from the Rogue One podcast, they are in a metamorphosis and they are changing. They are in the cocoon. They're in the cocoon. <laughs> and they're, gonna, they're blossoming and they're blossoming in a great way. Rogue One is no longer a podcast, but there's a rebirth. The pop culture hour is happening. And what's great about this is Emily Lindo Lynn is a part of this podcast as a host. So Emily, congratulations. This is going to be great. I'm so happy that you're joining our friends, Rogue, uh, our friends, Rogue One, Johnny, our friends, <laughs> John, Johnny Grasso and Mike Moneybags Pappas. I'm really excited about this podcast. Do you want to tell the listeners what it's going to be about? Yeah. Johnny and, and Mikey asked me to come on and it's going to have a similar vibe to the same stuff they were doing with Rogue One and we're still going to be talking about Star Wars but we wanted to be able to talk about more than just Star Wars and not always feel like we had to be going back to that and not feeling like we always had to have an opinion on whatever scrap of Star Wars news managed to find that week so we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about you know Marvel movies and DC movies and TV shows and comic books and video games and just sort of a much broader like you guys do here just a much broader selection of right. topics and Snoopy so right hear- yeah lots of Snoopy and Snoopy okay and Snoopy do you hear that people so if you listen to us you're going to absolutely love listening to them and if you haven't listened to Rogue One you missed out but that's okay they got back catalog you can start off fresh with the pop culture hour and. Can't, they're on, uh, actually, you have a Twitter handle. At Pop Culture Hour. Perfect. So follow them. When are you guys recording your first episode? Uh, we recorded the first one. Uh, Bill Beck, who does the YouTube videos, is, mm-hmm. I think, currently, as we're recording this, in the process Editing. of putting it up. So awesome. by the time this comes out, hopefully the first episode will be out. And Fantastic. Yeah, up everywhere podcasts are. And also, uh, if you look up Pop Culture Hour on YouTube, there's a bunch of visual stuff, too. Great. And I'll put that stuff on the show notes as well, as well as the wonderful Canto Byte Dispatch stuff. So, um, Brittany Brown, Miss Downtown Brittany Brown, tell people where they can listen to you and where they can find you on Twitter. Well, you can listen to my podcast, the Canto Byte Dispatch, anywhere we can listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and you can find me on Twitter as Canto Brit. Canto Brit. Miss Lindolind, where can people find you? Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at EF Lind. And like I said, Canto Byte Dispatch, Pop Culture Hour. And I also do a podcast called The Fan and the Furious, where my friend right. Steve and I talk about the Fast and the Furious franchise, yeah. I guess. That's, I had no idea that was even a thing until I think Chris Fresh told me. That is awesome. That sounds like so much fun. And thank you guys for coming on for our episode 199. We really appreciate it. Um, and thank you for taking your time out and, and hanging out with us. Well, thanks for having us. And congratulations on 200. 
Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to, it's pretty crazy, man. 200 episodes. It seems like it's been four years, boo. I know. Feels Damn. like just yesterday I said I wanted to bang boo on the podcast. That's right. That's how it started. And boo still didn't get that. I'm dead. You literally, you literally used the words, I want to bang boo. Dense. And um, just over his head. No, no, no. It hit me in the head and it just, just bounced fell, off. Bounced off. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Mr. Chansky, king of all pods, <laughs> where can people listen to you? You can hear me on Patreon shows for Steel Wars Blue Harvest and the Bad Motivators. I'm Tom Chansky on Twitter, and tomorrow I'll be listening to the Candlelight Dispatch. Mr. Struthers, where can people find you? You can uh, check out my other podcast, uh, The Bad Motivators, where we, uh, I guess, talk about Star Wars and listen to me complain <laughs> about the state of the world. And you can follow <laughs> me on Twitter at Eric Struthers. Fantastic. Crunch Crunch, Hazelnuts, where can people find you? You can find me uh, spoiling quiz questions on the sys list. What is uh, Smokey and the Bandit? What is? There's yeah. hanging out on Twitter. <laughs> what is? There's trying not to lose my mind at less than more 70. <laughs> there we go. Boo, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at the Sith list, boo. You can find me at the Sith list. Catch us next week on episode number 200 of the Sith list.
steal, steal. I had, I had nothing to do with this. I had steal. I had nothing to do with that one. It's the best video in the world. The hair. Funny enough. And the uh, ankle. Oh, just. This I'm, is, I'm, this is I'm sorry, Steel. Funny enough, when Brittany's ever bummed out, I just send her the link to that video <laughs> and it like, it like fixes her day. Well, you know, at least thank that, you, that Steel. came out of it at least. Yeah, thank, thank you, Steel. Steel. Yeah. Thank yeah thank you. You're doing the Lord's work by snapping oh. your ankle. <laughs> that was all Eric, by the way. I had nothing to do with that one. I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh. That's ludicrous. You're the producer of this show. 